havoc. News, interviews, and more. We just reek of Huntsville Havoc Hockey. Happy Leap Day and welcome to the Regan Havoc Podcast. Yes, this is Tim Lambert. Excuse my laryngitis. I think I'm finally bouncing back, though. Thanks to Laura Pitts for handling the hosting duties last week. This time around, we bring back another former player, Travis Caulfield, left wing with the Havoc from 2006 to 2010, a member of that first championship team. Coach Stu Steffen gives us another pick of the pack, and we'll see who's on the schedule for this week as the Reek and Havoc podcast continues. The Reek and Havoc podcast. One of the worst feelings you can have is that of being stranded. Well, BT's Towing, Tire, and Truck Repair makes that a thing of the past with 24-7 towing services and roadside assistance in the northern Alabama and southern Tennessee areas. But that's not all. They also offer truck and trailer repair, mobile welding, brake service and repair, new and used tires, and other major and minor repairs. Their name says it all. BT's Towing, Tire, and Truck Repair. For 24-7 response, call 497-8234. That's 497-8234. BT's Towing, Tire, and Truck Repair. Got something to say? Put it on a t-shirt or hoodie or apron or even an iPhone case. Just go to daddyoscustomtees.com and make it happen. Look through their selection of ready-made designs or make one of your own. Check out their special hockey designs too. With Daddy-O's Custom Tees, you can truly have it your way. Look for Daddy-O's Custom Tees on Facebook, follow them on Twitter or Instagram, or go online to daddyoscustomtees.com. That's D-A-D-D-Y-O-S Custom T-E-E-S dot com. Daddy-O's Custom Tees, they've got your back or front. Athens Utilities comprises Athens Electric, Athens Gas, and Athens Water Services. Together, we are committed to providing reliable and affordable electricity, natural gas, and water and wastewater services. We operate as part of the city of Athens, and just like our city's motto of Athens is classic, southern, character, we believe in supporting what makes our community special. Call 233-8750, come by our office at 508 South Jefferson Street, or look for the link online at AthensAL.us. Let's go in the slot. Welcome back to the Reekin' Havoc podcast. This week we feature former left-wing Travis Kaufelt in the slot. He answered my SOS call back on Wednesday. Well, let's just start this off like I start off with everybody Give me the Travis Caulfield story. The, you know, the story? Where, yeah, like, you know, where are you from? Where, you know, where you grew up, family, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm from Bancroft, Ontario, which is in Canada, not uh, not California. <laughs> um, I got uh, my uh, I got a wife. I got two kids now after my playing days. And uh, I got an older brother, younger brother. Uh, mom and dad, uh, that mom and dad, um, I got, uh, yeah, I grew up in a small town, um, about, uh, I don't know what was around when I was growing up, probably about 3,200 people. Okay. Um, that's ba- basically it. Okay. So was it a hockey family? Um, my dad never played growing up like organized hockey, uh, he played on <clears throat> on the outdoor rinks and stuff, and and the ponds and stuff, okay. um, where he was raised. But never played anything organized, and he got us into it. And we just kind of, you know, me and my 
my older brother were only 13 months apart so we kind of ran with it and we played all the way up through uh bancroft minor hockey and then went on and played some junior hockey and ended up in ended up in huntsville okay when well, how early were you were you on the ice i i would have started skating probably at like two i guess okay um started playing uh started playing hockey probably around three because my brother was older so he he got to play <clears throat> like it kind of goes on on the age group right so he got to play and i wasn't allowed yet so they ended up letting me i guess sneak in there to play hockey a little earlier than i was supposed to i guess okay um did you play any other sports growing up uh yeah like uh played a lot of baseball uh growing up you know the odd summer i'd play some soccer and and then up in uh in high school um played a few years of rugby which was a pretty fun sport to play uh but you know the main the main thing was always hockey in the winter i didn't do any uh didn't do anything else but hockey in the winter. No skiing or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you think you might ever want to make a run at another sport, or was it just kind of expected that hockey was going to be it? Yeah, no. I always, I just, I just like playing. So hockey was uh, the the town that I grew up in was a like for for a small community. You know, back when I was playing minor hockey around here, it was a pretty big hockey town. Um, like on a Saturday night game to go watch our midget team play, which which a midget team is of, is of kids of uh, you know sixteen, seventeen years old. Like you, they they'd fill our arena. Now arena's not huge, but they'd fill the arena up, and that's what everybody did on a Saturday night. Was either that or go to the outdoor rink and play hockey. So basically, that's yeah, no, I, that's what I wanted to do is try to play hockey anyways okay um and i guess growing up um you know in the youth hockey everybody kind of as far as positions goes you know you kind of rotate it around just to i guess give everybody um you know exposure to all the different positions but uh you know you ended up at left wing was it uh, did you ever want to play another position uh no i don't think so like i uh I don't ever remember even playing defense or trying defense or anything like that growing up. I, I was always playing forward, um, like center or left or right wing and kind of, I could play all three. So I never ended up really, but I remember playing any, any defense at all. And I, and I sure as heck wasn't going to be a goalie. So. <laughs> yeah. Didn't want those pucks yeah. shot at you. Yeah. Um, and, no, and, no, I don't. Uh, yeah, I was just, I'm kind of going on previous conversations because, you know, a lot of the other guys growing up, you know, that's the way their teams would do was, you know, rotate everybody, you know, kind of rotated and, and, you know, you you might end up at goalie sometimes, but, um, so I thought maybe that was kind of a universal thing. Well, I, I coach my kids hockey now. I have two boys, I have twin boys and, uh, they're, they're uh, U8 this year, so they're seven years old, and that's kind of the whole thing that they that we did this year. We had to rotate them in, and uh, and my one son, he liked goalie. When we rotated him in, he was like, yeah, I like goalie, and I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> and he's like, what? 
he's like, I like goalie. I'm like, no, you don't like goalie. Like it's, uh, it's gotta be tough being a goalie parent for sure. Right. Cause everybody's, everybody's always on your kid for sure. And I was like, no, no, you're, you're a better out player than you are a goalie. So I think I got him switched back over that. He's going to play back out now. <laughs> Talk some sense into him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I had, uh, one of the current goalies, Brian Wilson, on a couple of a couple of weeks ago, and I, I kind of asked him the same thing. And he was talking about his youth team, you know, would rotate around, and he just liked playing goalie, and he always volunteered for it. So they finally said, "Okay, just let Brian do it all the time," and and uh, you know, everybody else kind of got out of that. So, um, yeah, yeah, big over. <laughs> um, when you went from junior hockey to the USHL, was was college just not on your radar? No, so I did a little stint with uh, with the Oshawa Generals too, and and that kind of it it hurts your eligibility for for going to college. And then uh, um, I talked to a few college teams, you know, back then, and it just wasn't. Uh, I mean. It wasn't really a suit for me. I, I couldn't, uh, I wasn't really a classroom type person. <laughs> yeah. I guess you, you could say so. Yeah, no, I, I went and played, uh, I went and played a little bit with, uh, with the Omaha Lancers. I ended up getting a, an injury that year. So I had to, I basically shut her down for the year. But, um, no, college hockey, I mean, I'm sure it would have been a great experience, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't my thing to do. All right. So how did you make it to Huntsville? Um, I, so I went to, uh, Omaha, I was playing for the Lancers and I ended up, uh, I got an injury. I, I ended up, um, tearing my spleen that year. Ouch. And so I was done for, I don't know what it was like four months or something. So I came back and, and I did a little stint then at the end of the year with, uh, a team called Georgetown, uh, and the Ontario Provincial League just to kind of finish off the year. Cause I was. Uh, I got doctor clearance to play and um, I wasn't a hundred percent sure if I was going to keep playing or not. And I ended up going down to, uh, to like a, basically like a free agent camp, I guess it'd be called. And I actually met um, Nick Niedert down there that uh, he played for Huntsville. And I mean, he's like the minor, minor pro hockey goalie emergency backup legend. I think he's played, I don't know how long his hockey DB is, but he's played, I think, for every team going. He's just like that guy that they can call last minute and he'll go play for them. So, anyways, he was there. Um, he he had played in Huntsville the year before. And uh, he said, hey, you should uh, you should give Huntsville a try. So, I uh, he got me in contact with uh, with Huntsville. It was John Gibson at the time. And, and I ended up coming down to training camp, and uh, I made the team, and it just kind of took off from there. I kind of never really wanted to leave after that. How do you rupture your spleen? I I just got hit from behind into the boards, uh, and uh, I didn't know what was wrong. And I played the rest of the period, and I came in in at the end of the period, and. Uh, I went, I got a guy to go get the team doctor and he came in and he did some, some tests on me and I just, uh, just was getting sick and it was like some blood and stuff. And 
he's just like, we got to get this guy to the hospital. And I ended up spending, I want to say it was like, I want to say it was a week at the uh, hospital in Waterloo, Iowa. Is it Iowa, maybe? Waterloo, Iowa. I think it was where we were playing. Okay. And that's where I, uh, I don't know how it happened. It was just, it was just a, I think a freak accident off a hit. Yeah. Okay. So what kind of, what kind of reception did you get from the, from your teammates? Yeah. So I, like, I mean, I came into training camp, so I mean, it was, uh, you had your, you know, I, I remember walking into the, to the VBC and, and you'd walk into the skate lobby there and, and we were on the left-hand side in the dress room and all the veterans were on the right-hand side in the dress room. And you're basically like, I mean, my mentality was I have to beat one of those guys out if I'm going to play on this team. Like I got to take somebody's spot. Right. So, yeah. um, just tried to do whatever I could. If I, you know, if I had to score, try to score, if I had to fight, fight, whatever I could do to, cause I wanted to play. And, uh, you know, you, you get a, you get kind of, kind of mixed mixed welcomes I guess you could call it you, you know you get the guys who are you know they don't want you to take their spot or or they don't want maybe their buddy's spot gone and you get the other guys that are like um, you know let's we, we want this guy or something you know what I mean like they, they maybe see some skill or, or toughness or whatever there and they're they want you on the team so they they don't really care they want the team to be the best possible they could find right so it was kind of a mixed reception yes you you got some good ones and you got some bad ones. Yeah. Well, what was your nickname down here? I just basically got cough all the time. And, uh, John Lounsbury, uh, he gave me the nickname Superman the one time. Okay. When I was down there, it was, uh, he'd always laugh at me. I, I, uh, you know, I was a rookie, so we didn't have, uh, we didn't have anything really set up yet. We had our apartment, but you know, we didn't have cable or internet or anything set up. I'm trying to contact my family back home. So I'd go over to, I think, I think maybe Michael Sullivan lived with them too. And I'd go over to their place cause they had internet. And I'd go over there and I'd have like my glasses on and I'd uh, be on my computer talking to my family. And then like I went out that game and I think I ended up getting a fight or something. And Lounsey's like, you're like, uh, you're like Clark Kent, right? And you're, you're, you're different. You're different. I know, like you, you change, he said, and I'm like, oh, I guess so. That that kind of went for a little bit, but okay. Well, Seems like you know everybody's got a nickname that's a variation on their their actual name, you know. And uh, so I, I was just wondering what yours ended up being. Uh, you mentioned John Lounsbury. He he was talking about you know when he first came down here and. He was approached by Luke Phillips. <laughs> Luke says, "So are you any good?" <laughs> John was like, "Well, I I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> you know, I guess we'll find out." So yeah, 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 um, yeah, for sure. No, Lounsey uh, Lounsey was probably the I think he was the first guy I met when I got there. When I drove into town, I remember we went. Uh, I drove down with Tim Hockley because we played a uh, few months of junior together in uh, Port Hope and I remember pulling into the rink and I'm pretty sure it was Lounsey was the first one that we met when we got there so we've always uh, we still stay in contact was that one of those overnight trips that you come straight to the BBC and go on the ice or yeah no we drove down um, <clears throat> we headed down we left his place in Collingwood Ontario and then we 
we ended up crashing the night in uh, Nashville. We didn't have, we had no really idea how far we were. We were, you know, both 21 years old or whatever, or 21, 22 years old. And we crashed the night in Nashville, got the next morning. We were excited to get there. So we headed down and we just pulled in. We're like, you know, this is a beautiful city and a wicked rink. Like, so we wanted to get in there and, and check stuff out as, as much as possible. So we went right to the arena first thing. I think we rolled in there before noon, but, and uh, yeah, it was good. Okay. I loved it there. Well, you mentioned just a minute ago, you know, if you had to fight, you fight. If you know, and you, if you had to score, you'd score. And I, I like to ask guys what, uh, you know, uh, other than the position that you played on the the uh, the team, you know, the left wing position. You know, sometimes guys fill another unofficial role. Now, um, you know, you're. You're sixth on the Havoc list in penalty minutes. It looks like you and Billy McCreary had kind of frequent box seats during that time frame. Um, were, were you an instigator or troublemaker, or, or did you just manage to, to get caught in the wrong place at the wrong time? No, no. I uh, <clears throat> I, I just I always tried to do the, you know, I, if you could – put me on your first line, put me on your first line, put me on your third line, put me on your third line. But I, uh, you know, stick, sticking up for teammates was, was, a was a major one. Um, and, you know, try to get, uh, try to get the team going. If, you know, if you were down or if you don't say that the, the other team took a, took a cheap shot on you or whatever on one of your players or your teammates, you, you stuck up for them or, or if you were, you know, got a couple goals or the guys weren't, into it that night maybe uh maybe a fight would spark something and and get some momentum going for you that's kind of how i uh how i went about it i don't think that i really went looking for it all that all that much i mean i i can't say i never did but <laughs> um but uh i don't think that i was too much of too much of an instigator i like i said i like to try to stick up for my teammates and stuff and not just kind of fall into my lap i guess <laughs> so did any suspensions arise from all this activity over the years for you? Uh, nothing. Or no, like I uh, never had anything too major. I don't think I, you know, the odd, maybe one game, maybe I, I, I can't even, I can't even think about it. Even, uh, you know, a suspension for, you know, maybe, maybe like a, that game type thing or, you know, where you get like a third man in or something, but nothing, Nothing like two or three games that I can recall. Anyways, maybe maybe I'm mistaken, but um, nothing that I can remember too uh, too serious. Anyways, yeah, and yeah. Well, as far as did you have any game day rituals? I don't know, you know, how superstitious you are with things, but I figure you at least had a routine, you know, that you that you kind of followed every game. Yeah, I used to. Uh, I had I had some different things at all the time. If there's family in town, or if my uh, <clears throat> my girlfriend at the time was in town, or I don't know if she's my wife now, but if she was in town or whatever, you know, we'd always do a mall walk if she was there, and if my family was there, I always tried to want to spend a little bit of time with them. But on a typical day when nobody was around, I'd do the pregame skate, and I'd always go to somewhere to grab something for lunch, and then I'd try to get home and get a you know maybe an hour or so of sleep just to have a little bit of a nap and then, uh, and then try to get to the rink a little bit early, 
<clears throat> just to relax before anything was going to shake down that night. And, um, as for, you know, on the ice stuff, uh, it wasn't until Billy McCurry showed up, we ended up having a little on ice ritual, me and him. I'd always shoot a puck into Arnett at the end of the game, and he, or at the end of warm-ups, and he'd always shoot a puck into the uh, the opposing team's net at the end of warm-up. Okay. All the time. Maybe that's, maybe that's where some of the fights ended up coming from, <laughs> was, uh, was Billy shooting pucks into the opposing team's net in warm-up. But <laughs> I think I remember him mentioning that whenever I talked to him a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, now, you said a mall walk. Was that... Madison Square back when it was still a thing. Yeah, yeah, we just yeah we just go over there and just go for a walk, just stretch the legs there a little more or whatever. Yeah, something that we ended up doing. But yeah, okay, so, okay. It's, uh, it's, funny to, it's funny to add on to the the you know the pregame thing because I ended up we won the championship in Huntsville in 2010, I think it was. And then I I retired from hockey. I was done. I was shutting it down. I was going to start working. Uh, and things didn't work out, so I went back for another year. I went to New Jersey in the Federal League, and Billy McCurry was there. And it was funny because we started doing the same thing again. <laughs> and in New Jersey, we'd do the same thing. He'd shoot a puck down the, <laughs> the opposing team. That night, shoot fire. Yeah, it was good. Um, and, of course, I guess you know Madison Square is not even here anymore. So, no, I didn't know. Uh, yeah, they tore it down. They've got a whole new complex over there. Uh, they got a Dave and Buster's, and I don't know, all uh, Trader Joe's and uh, uh, Top Golf, and so there's a lot of stuff that's that's there where the the mall used to be. Um, yeah, right on. Uh, so, what what team did you enjoy beating the most while you were in Huntsville? Uh, I'm going to either go with, uh, Columbus or Knoxville. Okay. I think we're my, I, uh, I loved, uh, I loved when we beat, uh, beat them probably the most. Yeah. Okay. I figured Knoxville they was going to be in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Cause they were such a good rival, right? Like, so, you know, you play them, there's, you know, it could be the first game of the year. It could be the last game there. It could be just some random game in the middle of the year that no matter what team won or lost or whatever, there was no points that were ever going to change over or whatever. And it was always like meant more, right? Yeah. Um, Now you were the SPHL MVP in 2008 and 2009. And the following season, you were captain of that 2010 championship team. Now, other than that, is there a, uh, play or a fight now you mentioned the the injured spleen uh maybe another memory that stands out whether it was with the havoc or not um i guess with the havoc would probably be uh i think it was my rookie season i scored an overtime goal on melissa george night um and i mean i i didn't know how big that night was then because i i, I was a rookie um but then I got to know I got to know Chris and I got to know uh, Amy and 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 uh, the whole meaning behind everything. So that kind of uh, made it more special, I guess. Uh, you know, after the goal was after the goal was scored. But I think that was a 
a pretty memorable night for me with scoring that goal because it was a, you know, I, I guess more once I got to know about the night, it, it became more more special. But it was a it was a special goal for sure. Um, any other favorite theme nights or or jerseys? Um, obviously, like the Melissa George night was my favorite for sure. Once, like I said, once I got to know Chris name and the whole story behind everything, and yeah. and then obviously having my two boys were in the Nick unit for a little while, so that was kind of kind of nice to give back there. But I liked, uh, you know, I liked everything about Huntsville. I liked, you know, all the Jersey nights and everything that Keith and Becky did. They always, you know, they did it top notch, and and you know, military night was great too, right? Like it was an awesome night too. And, you know, opening night and, and obviously winning the championship in Huntsville was was uh, was an amazing night as well. So there's 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 a lot. <laughs> we'll be back with more of the Recon Havoc podcast. Time now for the Huntsville Havoc pick of the pack, a weekly spotlight. Head coach Stuart Steffen. Jamie Bussell, number twenty-eight, forward for us. Very versatile player. We've had him play kind of all three forward spots, uh, left wing, right wing, center, you know, just kind of depending on just our roster makeup at the time. But, you know, he's been a key part and play power play, penalty kill. So just helps contribute on all aspects there. So, like I said, very versatile. And, you know, he brings a lot of speed to our lineup and a little bit of physicality too. So, again, he's been a really good piece just to kind of move around the lineup and very willing and always ready to go kind of guy. You know, it doesn't matter what the situation is. He's willing to take it on. So he's been a key part of really helping the team out this year. The Recon Havoc podcast will be right back. Hey, Pack Rat. Yeah, you. Are you moving cross-country and you just don't know who to call? Call us right now. Listen, you've probably seen one of our containers in your neighborhood. But did you know that we can help you move anywhere in the United States? It's real simple. We'll drop a container off at the location you tell us to bring it to. You pack up your valuable possessions at your leisure. They stay safe right in your home. And when you're ready, call us. We'll come and pick up the container and give you a scheduled date of when your furniture and the other possessions will be at your new home. So if you're moving across country or across town, be a pack rat. Join the pack rat family. Call pack rat right now for your free quote. See y'all later, pack rats. Call 800-965-1298-800-965-1298-800-965-1298. That's 800-965-1298. Want to howl with the Havoc this season? Now's your chance from Applebee's Tailgate Talk and the Reekin' Havoc podcast. Just go to wreakinhavoc.com and click on Howl with the Havoc to register and listen to Tailgate Talk on Saturday mornings as we announce the winners of Huntsville Havoc tickets. Howl with the Havoc this season from the Huntsville Havoc, Tailgate Talk, and the Reekin' Havoc podcast. Hey, this is Pete Sakalis, and you're listening to the Reekin' Havoc podcast. You know, you didn't play the year after that, and you touched on that a minute ago. Um, and I was wondering if it was maybe due to an injury, you, you, the number of games that you played was down the year before. So I thought, well, maybe there was an injury that, you know, he just needed to come back from. Yeah, so I uh, that year that I was uh, that I was captain there that we won the championship, I think I only played maybe 30 or 40 games or something. Um <laughs> I ended up uh, I ended up having a back surgery that year. I uh, had some some back issues from 
just from some hits and certain things that had went on through the year. And, and, uh, so I had to take some time off and uh, obviously made it back for the playoff run and everything. And, and, uh, yeah, I took the, I, I was shutting it down from hockey and, and, uh, was going to get on with, I guess, real life, what they say. And, uh, it was the net, that following year, um, after the playoffs were done down there, I got a phone call from, uh, Dan McQueen saying like, are you coming back or what are you doing? Like, well, you know, let's figure something out. And I said, I can't, I can't do, I can't do Huntsville again because I, you know, I've been home now for a year and I love hunting and fishing and stuff like that. And I'm kind of back into that. So I kind of want to be around for to do stuff like that. And we ended up, there was a whole bunch of us ended up going to New Jersey in the federal league and we played a year there together. And it was, I mean, we had a blast there as well, but I mean, we didn't, we, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, we weren't treated like we were in Huntsville. We were treated great, but, um, it wasn't the same atmosphere as Huntsville, but yeah, we, uh, we all ended up going there. So, um, I did, I guess the year come back. And then after that, we actually won the championship there again. And, and then I shut her down for good. I said, no, I'm done. I did a retirement night with, uh, with Huntsville, played one last shift and to retire as a Havoc player. And that was it. Okay. Um, well, what what southern food did you get introduced to while you were here? Was there anything that you know you got down here and said, "Man, where's this been all my life?" I I haven't seen it around here as much, but like you know, like they have like the like the uh, full restaurant barbecues. Like I think it was called Dreamland Barbecue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that. We don't have that here, and I remember being there. And, I'd always try to take anybody who came from home. I'd always try to take them there. Like that was, if you, if, if you had a good night on a good Saturday night in Huntsville, you won and then spent the rest of the Saturday night down at like Humphreys or any of those bars, Dreamland barbecue is the place to go the next day. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. You, want to go there for something to eat. you know, most, most fans are, are pretty savvy as far as the rules go. Um, is there a rule maybe that seem like fans just kind of misunderstand? I mean, they, they maybe some of them come up to you and say, you know, how 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 did this happen? You know, and you say, well, that's the rule. Uh, when I got like when I got there, I remember some of them still, you know, unsure about offsides and icings and and certain little things like that. But they were all pretty good. Like they caught on fairly quick like uh you know they, they weren't they weren't no like i i was actually surprised too there was sometimes where you you'd uh you know there'd be something happening in a game and and you'd be talking about it afterwards and then some of the fans would be right on it you know like too many men on the ice well how, you know sometimes it's hard for even the players to catch that right yeah and they'd catch it right they'd be like oh yeah that was too many men wasn't it and you're like, yeah it was you know so that was later on because I remember, like I do remember, the first couple of years, or the first year for sure was there was some that were a little, little dicey on if they knew what even offside was. Right? It seemed like they caught on pretty quick down in, in Huntsville when I was there, anyways. And and hockey had been there long before me, but it's, I, I think there's new generations of fans that come through there as well. Um, what did you do in your downtime when you here, or anywhere? Um. 
I mean, down there, down there, I, <clears throat> it was uh, my downtime. Like we, we, we rested a lot. Like I'm, I'm not a huge, huge golfer. I remember we bowled quite a bit. We used to go bowling quite a bit. Um, and I remember we just, we just hung out with the guys. Um, like we, uh, we were always, you know, um, hanging out with, you know, our, our buddies on the team. Um, my, uh, I mean, I used to hang out with my, uh, obviously my late brother-in-law now. I used to hang out with him all the time. He lived above me. So we always hung out and, uh, you just, you know, tinker around, go to the mall, just do whatever you, you know, do whatever you can do to keep busy for, for your days off. And some guys golfed. Um, like I said, I wasn't really a golfer movies, did a lot of movies. And, uh, yeah, just, just kind of chilled, I guess. So what are you doing these days? Um, I'm a lineman for, uh, Hydro One. So I, I guess in, uh, terms of people with noise, they just keep the power on for, for people. Um, you know, climb hydro poles and hydro towers and, and stuff like that. And, uh, I'm outdoors quite a bit, fishing and hunting. And like I said, I have uh, a wife and two boys. So they're seven, so they keep us busy. And I coach their hockey, and and that's uh, basically it. So try not to keep things too stressful. <laughs> so how long have you been doing the the hockey coaching? Uh, the, well, the boys are seven now, so I you know taught I. Well, I guess I can't take all the credit for it. my wife was, uh, she was the one that got them really going on skating. Cause I was working away from home at the time. So she was really the one pushing them in, in the skating. And, uh, so I guess like coaching hockey, it'd be just four years now. And then learning to skate, they've been, you know, they've been skating since they were two as well. So. Okay. I'm sure. Coaching. I'm sure there are, there's no shortage of assistance in the stands. Yeah, there's. Uh, we have a great. We have a. We have a good little hockey. Uh, it's basically all the all the guys that I grew up playing with. A lot of them are. Uh, we all have kids the same age back here at home now, so they're all. Uh, we're all coaches, and we all help each other. So it's working out pretty good. Okay. Well, I was talking more about the parents. Um. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. There's always uh, there's always parents that want your input until you tell them what they don't want, and then they don't like you anymore. Um, when I was talking to John Lounsbury, he he was talking about coaching his girls um, on their hockey team. He said they had they went to a game that uh, I mean the parents got so nasty to the referee. The referee she just quit in the middle of the game. And left. <laughs> yeah, some of them are. Uh, <clears throat> some of the parents they uh, they go off the off the deep end. Well, no. Wh- <laughs> what advice would you have for kids that are wanting to get started? Just uh, just get on the ice and get confidence, and and that's like you know the biggest thing is the development at the early stages. Um, you know, you got to learn to walk before you can run, right? So, play multiple sports. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't think that somebody should play hockey uh, year-round. Like, I think that the other sports definitely help out your game in the long run. Um, and, yeah, just get just get active and, and, and get your, uh, like, I mean, if we're talking just starting on hockey, too, like any, any sport or anything you can do to help out with balance and stability and, um, anything like that will help you in the long run when you're learning to skate, right? What would you want to tell parents? Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good one because I like to tell parents a lot of things. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, just uh, again, like the kids need to need to walk before they can run. So if you, you know, if you have a kid, if you have a kid that. Uh, you know, has never played before, hasn't developed um, properly yet. Um, it's it's not a bad thing for him to learn the proper techniques and the basics before he steps into a bigger role or or a better team, right? Um, you know, some people may think that their kid deserves to be somewhere because of uh, that's how old they are, and I think that's the worst thing that you can do for a kid. Um. You know, it's 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 develop develop wise. That's not gonna it's not gonna help them. Um, you know, you put a kid on the ice who can't skate with a bunch of kids who can skate, and uh, right away his confidence going to be shot. He's not going to touch the puck. He's not going to be in the play, and and that's going to hurt his confidence and that's going to hurt his development in the long run. So I I think just you know take it slow and and take it you know, step by step. And if you have coaches that have played the game and have developed players before, you know, trust what they have to say. Okay. So I usually ask fans for questions and, and I got one here that someone wants to know, have you ever been approached about having your Jersey or number retired to the rafters of the BBC? I mean, you're, you are fifth in goals and sixth in total points, so. Yeah, um, no, like it, uh, no, I don't think it ever, uh, I don't think it ever really came up. Maybe, I don't know, I don't think so. Um, I mean, obviously anybody would be honored for that to ever happen to them. Um, but no, it, uh, <clears throat> no, I never, I don't think it's ever came up. I just wonder, and that may be in, Awkward question to ask you, but uh, I wonder if you have if you have to have played maybe a certain number of years. I mean, I mean, maybe I, I think I think ultimately I think it's uh, probably a Keith and, and Keith and Becky decision or a Keith decision. Um, but I mean, it's uh, I mean it'd be something that if they ever approach me with, and I wouldn't say no. I'd definitely be there for it, but. I think that's kind of uh, kind of a hidden decision. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I I just got to wondering who sure. who decides. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I think it'd probably be Keith. I don't think it's a league thing. I think it's a team thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, my brother-in-law's was uh, retired in Pensacola. He played there. I don't even know if he played there three full seasons. So. Okay. Okay. Billy McCreary has a question too. Um, he oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to know who set you up for all your power play goals. It would be him for sure. 
Yeah, he was the uh, he was the top. Uh, he was kind of I guess you'd call him the quarterback. He was the quarterback of the power play, and our uh, I, I call it in our era days. Um, and uh, I would I was usually on the half wall, and I'd give it to him, and he had this move that he'd take off across the blue line and do like a fake clapper, and it was like a backhand pass. I mean, you can't even really. You can't even really replicate it. It was kind of a one-of move that I think only maybe he can do, and he'd give it back to me, and it usually opened up a whole lane for me. And I could just walk right in and shoot. So, yeah, it was uh, it was definitely him on that one for sure. <laughs> I guess he just wanted to yeah. make sure everybody knew. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Sure, that's good, yeah. Um, that's, right, that's right, but that, again, that's the... <laughs> Those are the guys that you needed running the power play, right? He didn't care if he scored or not. Uh, yeah. He just wanted to get get the guys who who would uh, you know who who would rip it in the back of the net or had a better shot at it. And he'd always pull those guys right to him. And always left me wide open. That was good. And very nice of him. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there maybe another question that fans just ask you a, a lot? I used to get asked. Uh, if fights were real. And I always thought that was an odd question when you had a black eye or, uh, you know, a busted lip, maybe like, you know, was that, was that fight real? And be like, I don't know. Let, I don't know. Let me punch you in the face and let me, <laughs> you tell me if it's real or not. <laughs> oh, wow. But, uh, yeah, that was always a good one. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I wouldn't even have thought to ask that one. I mean, I have my doubts about, you know, the WWF, but, uh, you know, not yeah. hockey. Yeah. <laughs> um, Maybe, that's from. Maybe that's where it came from. Somebody watched too much WWF, and they're like, well, that can't be real. Is this one really real? It's like, well, you know, my nose is still, uh, I still can't breathe out my nose, so you tell me if it's real. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I'm, I've come to the part of my interview that I call my puck out of play questions there. They're out there. They, they they don't necessarily have to do with hockey, but sometimes, depending on the answer, they come back. You know, so sure. Um, okay, so my number number one is what's your favorite movie? You talked about you know watching movies in your downtime. What's your favorite movie? Tombstone. That's a I love the movie Tombstone. That's a popular answer, yeah. Huckleberry. Yeah, I love that movie. I remember watching it on the bus quite a bit. And actually, I'm pretty sure it was Billy Mack that would always put it on. <laughs> uh, all right. As far as uh, kind of in the same vein, maybe your favorite TV show or maybe what you might be streaming these days. Uh, well, these, these days, it's basically uh, just watching hockey games in the evening. But uh, I used we used to watch a lot of Friends. I remember watching Friends all the time, and and my wife is a huge, well, my wife and her younger sister are huge friends. So like they watch, I think they can recite every Friends quote there ever was. So we watched quite a bit of it. I like that show too. So <laughs> I'd say Friends is probably top favorite yeah. TV shows. Could you be watching any more Friends? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah what about uh, favorite food? Uh, favorite food. 
Um, I, I, I mean, I'm a, I like my steak. Steak's a good one. Um, and, uh, my, uh, my mother-in-law makes wicked pasta. So I'm going to have to go with my mother-in-law's, uh, pasta. Okay. Yeah. I got to keep the mother-in-law yeah, she's happy. Italian. <laughs> she's Italian, right? So she yeah. can cook. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. There you go then. Um, yeah. All right. Favorite music group, artist, or genre? I like my country music. Um, I'd have to go uh, old school on it. And I think uh, probably my favorite artist would be George Strait. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of a strange. I'd listen to country music before the games. <laughs> Lots of guys are listening to the big pump up music, and I was uh, I like my country music before the game. So okay, did you and, come uh, down? George, George, did you come down here, country fan? Or? Or? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I think I loved it so much there. Like, uh, it was just, I mean, my grandparents grew up on a farm, uh, and had a farm and my dad grew up on a farm and we'd always go down there in the summers and stuff and the, you know, the barns and hay fields and stuff. And it was just, I I just kind of felt fairly at home down there. And then obviously the Southern hospitality down there, they make you feel right at home. So that's, that's always nice as well. Right. Oh Yeah. Okay, now this one might this is gonna catch you off guard because it always catches everybody off guard. Um, can you give us some some Travis Caulfield trivia? Um, maybe something that's not too embarrassing to pass along. Something that maybe not a lot of people know about you. I I, I honestly don't know. I, I guess uh, if we were gonna go Hansel related, I'd say. Uh, without looking it up, uh, who did I score my first ever goal against? And okay. and Huntsville Havoc. I played for the Huntsville Havoc, who was the first team I scored against. I know the answer. Okay. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah, that's tough. Yeah, yeah. You got to give us yeah. the trivia. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the the team that I scored against was uh, was Columbus. I scored my first ever goal against Columbus. Yeah, I, I'll never forget it. Who, do you remember who the goalie was? No, I I would really hope that it was I would really hope that it's Ray Croft, but I don't know if he was playing for them at that time, just because he's uh, he's a good guy, like uh, like Chad, and I just I would really hope that it would be him, but I don't know if it was him or not. Okay, okay. Well, I appreciate your time and this uh, kind of short turnaround for the interview. So I appreciate you getting back with me. No, no problem. Well, uh, hopefully we can, uh, I mean, the whole idea is hopefully I can get my family down, back down to Huntsville someday and and show the boys where I used to play. And they see pictures of it now, and I got some old jerseys hanging up, uh, you know, around around the house or whatever, and they wear them when they play. So hopefully I can get down to, to watch a few games with the family here soon. Okay. We've been talking about maybe one of these times – Having a podcast where there's two or three teammates just talking about, you know, memories and things like that. I think that might oh, be yeah. a fun one. So, Yeah, like I don't – correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that our 2010 team was the first Havoc team to win a championship other than the right. Channel Cat. Yeah, I think that's right. And I know, 
I know that, uh, you know, a bunch of us stay in contact. Like we still, you know, we still chat whenever we can or somebody will post something on Facebook and usually the guys will pick on them about something or whatever. Right. Um, so I mean, it's always a good, you get, uh, get the group of guys together. I mean, we've always, we've said it for a couple of years. We've always said, let's do a reunion. A couple of, uh, a couple of guys are like, let's all go down there some night and, you know, some weekend and do a reunion type thing, but it's just never, uh, it's just never happened. But maybe, maybe we'll get to figure something out here soon. Yeah. It's always fun to hear the, uh, the old stories come back out again, right? Like it's, uh, you kind of forget some of them as the time goes on and life goes on or whatever. You forget about, you know, how things used to be and, you know, what, what you did or, you know, what your day, what your daily, life was like right like um you know now now you get up you go to work you know like my my job in particular you know you're climbing some poles or you're you know fixing people's power or whatever and then you come home and grab my hockey gear and i take take my kids to hockey go do their hockey for an hour then i teach power skating for an hour and then i come home and eat dinner and i go to bed and i do the whole thing again okay well Uh, before it before it was i got up I went to the rink, uh, you know, had a coffee at the rink with the guys. We watched some sports center or whatever, you know, practiced, and then went to the gym and had a hot tub and then went out for lunch. And then the day was yours. You did whatever you wanted. Yeah. So the day, the day completely different now, right? Like, <clears throat> so it's always nice to think back on those days that you're like, you know, we lived a pretty sweet life there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, like I say, I, I appreciate your time. Yeah, no, no problem. That's you know one thing for those guys that are playing there right now, right? Like, don't don't take it for for granted and give her every day because someday you'll be like all of us and you'll be out of shape and gray hairs now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all righty. Well, like I say, thanks a lot for your time. No problem. Anytime. That was former Havoc left wing Travis Caulfield in the slot. And by the way, after checking, the goalie on his first Havoc goal was Chad Rycroft of Columbus. We'll be back with more of the Reekin' Havoc podcast. The Reekin' Havoc podcast is always looking for ways to improve. Do you have a talent you'd like to contribute to the podcast? We'd love to hear your thoughts. Email us at reekinhavoc at outlook.com and let's talk. The Reekin' Havoc podcast. In June of 2005, our twin girls were delivered, Melissa and Catherine, and they were born 14 weeks early. Amy and Chris George talk about the Melissa George Neonatal Memorial Fund. They both weighed less than two pounds, and Catherine was 115, and Melissa was 19. Melissa lived for a couple of hours, but all of the medical technology in the world just could not have saved her, and she passed away while she was in the NICU. Chris realized pretty early that God had given us a platform that we could use to try to help people. So Chris and I started the Melissa George Neonatal Memorial Fund at Huntsville Hospital. To know that Melissa's name is living on, her legacy continues. And I think that was very important to Amy and I is why the fund is named after her. Because for seven weeks, you know, Melissa fought so that Aunt Catherine had a chance to live. And uh, I think that we wouldn't be doing her name any justice if we didn't carry on because we know we wanted to honor her and honor her legacy and the community in Huntsville Havoc, the community in Huntsville itself, they've rallied around that 
and it's been a wonderful support system for us. And I think for a lot of families too, when they see total strangers that are, are giving. We're online at HuntsvilleHospitalFoundation.org. Click on the Melissa George Neonatal Memorial Fund and you can give that way. There's no donations too small and, and every dollar is just as important as the next one. And if you're giving, then we understand you're giving because you care. And that's what's important is that we've learned over the years that people give because they care. And you can volunteer. If you're interested in that, you can click on the volunteer tab to fill out an application. We are grateful for any type of support because we know that once we pull those dollars together, we can do big things. For more information on the Melissa George Neonatal Memorial Fund, visit HuntsvilleHospitalFoundation.org. This is Cheech Powers, and you're listening to the Recon Havoc Podcast. Three games in three days are on the schedule for this week, starting with tonight's Leap Day trip to Knoxville. Huntsville is 0-2 against the Ice Bears this year. The road trip to Macon is on Friday for the first meeting with the Mayhem this season. The team swap venues on Saturday for Grateful Dead Night at the VBC. Be aware of the VBC's clear bag-only policy for Havoc games. This includes no-clutch purses, fanny packs, and diaper bags, Exceptions to the policy will be made for all medically necessary items after proper inspection. For more information, plus a list of prohibited items, go to HuntsvilleHavoc.com and under the Fan Zone tab, click Security. Keep in mind, too, that the VBC is a cashless venue. Concession stands or bars will not accept cash, although you can use it at Havoc merchandise stands and at the Chuckapuck table. Remember, if you're a season ticket holder, doors will open at 5.30 p.m., and remain open until puck drop. You can enter through the doors in the hallway adjacent to the Havoc front office and VBC box office. Download the official Huntsville Havoc app for your iOS or Android device or at HavocRewards.com and start winning and earning points today. The Reek and Havoc Podcast. Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-731-1467-800-731-1467-800-731-1467. That's 800-731-1467. Tickets, official Huntsville Havoc merchandise, and more, go to HuntsvilleHavoc.com. Visit our website at ReconHavoc.com, look for us on Facebook, Instagram, X, and Threads, and listen, follow, and subscribe to the Recon Havoc podcast on your favorite platform to keep up with the only weekly podcast covering the Huntsville Havoc, the Recon Havoc podcast.